Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. It's been one month since my last podcast due to this horrific coronavirus. During that time, it gave me the chance to sit back and observe. And I saw plenty. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right, folks, I'm back. No, I'm not at the the usual WABC studios where uh, I record my Get a Load of This podcast. I'm at the confines of my own home in Wayne, New Jersey, because of this coronavirus. And, um, you know, we all got to be safe, then sorry. We all got to be smart and safe distance and do all the right things. And I have to tell you, uh, thank goodness my family's well. I hope your families are well. That is the most important thing as we all anxiously wait for this horror to end. But during this month off, you know, I did 107, 107 straight broadcasts without missing a week, 107 straight weeks. And then because of this uh, coronavirus business, it just became a point where I wasn't going to come in to the WABC studios for a while. So uh, after thinking about it, I was just chomping at the bit to get back. So if it doesn't sound exactly the same, that's because I'm uh, doing it by the phone from home while my trusty, trusty, able-bodied assistant who takes such good care of me, Crash, is at the other end back at the studios. So anyway, as I was saying, it's been... It's been a month, and back now, and some of the things that I had to observe, you know, as I said, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let me begin with the good. And I am not just saying this because every day I burst with pride and admiration and inspiration of watching the people on the front lines watching them all on the front lines. And there's so many people to give thanks to. Uh, You wouldn't have enough time in a day to do it. But I'm going to start because I see them. It just seems that I see them more than anybody. And I know, uh, listen, I am not taking anything away from the doctors, the EMTs, cops, firemen, people serving us groceries. There's so much thanks and so much goodness has come out of this that you see in the humanity of people. But, man, i got to single out the nurses. I mean, when I talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, these people are beyond words, folks. And the reason I say it's beyond words and kudos and compliments, whatever the hell you want to call it, and I'm not trying to be schmaltzy here, but we're not talking about people who put in long days, 13, 14, 16-hour days. But we're putting, we're talking about people, you see, you see their faces when they're done? I mean, they all look like they were in heavyweight fights and were battered. 
by Muhammad Ali or Joe Frazier or whoever the hell it was, or Mike Tyson, whatever. And they, they keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And then they all have families of their own. But, you know, they don't get to rest. And they're walking in, basically, if we're going to be honest, they're walking into a firing squad. They're putting their lives on the line every damn day. And, and we forget, you know, it, the, the great job that they're doing, we forget that they have their own families, young families. And they risk it all for helping people like you and me. It's remarkable. I mean, I, I see these stories. I see, I see them working on TV. I actually get welled up. It's heartbreaking. And, and, and some, believe me, some of them have their own, own horror stories. I just heard a story yesterday. A young nurse, 30 years old. A young nurse, 30 years old. I heard this from a friend of mine who's a nurse. Uh, one of her nurses in a hospital, um, 30 years old, her husband's a young police officer in his 30s. A six-month-old kid and a six-year-old kid. The young husband, police officer, husband, died from the coronavirus. She's going into work every day. Look, look what's happened to her, her family and her life. It's been turned upside down, ripped apart. Two days ago, I heard a, a, a young cop from Patterson, uh, uh, who, who's, uh, his parents lived down the street from me, well, a block away. Also a young cop in his 30s with a four-year-old kid. And, and a six-month-old kid, he died from coronavirus. So I don't want to hear these stories anymore that, that doesn't affect young people. But again, I'm talking about the nurses. What these people do, and, and it's not just what they do. They, they're, not, they're not just helping human beings medically. You know what they have to do? Mentally, I mean, I've heard a friend of mine, one of my dearest friends. What am I talking about? He is my best friend. He's he's got the coronavirus. Fortunately, he's at home. But when he had to go to the hospital, first they went to the hospital. So he goes into the hospital, and you get checked in. You get dropped off. They let you know from the car. Okay, it's your turn to go into the hospital. Then you're in a hospital alone. Think about what these nurses need to do. You're in the hospital alone. You have nobody. You don't have your family. You have nobody. And you're in bad shape. And, and sometimes you're not going to make it. These nurses are the last people you're going to see 
the last people, the last kind of physical what, what tenderness that you're going to hear from, feel from, are these nurses. You know what kind of strain that is on these nurses that they have to go through that? I mean, you want to talk about beyond the call of duty? And I, I use the term call. Man, you, we, we've heard this expression before, you know, that's a real calling, this is a real calling. Let me tell you something. To be a nurse is a real calling. What these nurses do, the men and women who do this, are just remarkable to me. Yeah, the doctors are the brains, and believe me, these doctors are struggling to no end. To no end. And, and they, they volunteer and, and put in extra hours. It's one incredible story after another. But when I look at these nurses, and, and they're doing it with half-ass supplies, they don't even want to pat on the damn back. They want to be able to work with the proper supplies, the proper protection, the proper equipment. I'm still seeing nurses with half-ass masks and still wearing garbage bags. It is work that I can't say enough about. But again, let's be fair, it is as remarkable as these nurses are to me. Each and every one of them, I take nothing away from so many others, like the doctors. I'll give you, just from a personal standpoint, if you're fans of Bernie and Sid, where I fill in a lot of the time, uh, you know, their producer, Jill Vital. Her brother is a doctor. He's an anesthetist out on Long Island. He's working at a hospital, volunteering his time in Brooklyn. He's living in an RV in his driveway. There's this group or this foundation, it's called. RVs for MDs. And, and people, th- th- that's another thing, the wonderful good. That's why I call this the good I'm talking about. The good people, th- they donate their RVs to doctors who need it so they ha- can have a place to live. So J- Jill's brother is living in his driveway. So at least he can see his family. He, he's not going to go in the house because he doesn't want to put his wife and kids at risk. This is the sacrifice that people are doing. That's a calling. And and the EMTs? You know what it's like to be driving somebody? I, I mean, you're taking somebody out of a home. You, you, got, you might have the wife or the husband or the children watching somebody get into a freaking ambulance by themselves, because you can't go with them. You don't know if you're going to see... I'm getting choked up talking about it. You don't know if you're going to see that person in your family again. You don't know if daddy or mommy or your son or your daughter's coming home. That EMT guy or gal knows what the score is. They know they're bringing a person in that might not be coming home. You know what? 
You know what kind of inside you have to have for that? That's the good that I see. That's the, 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 the wonderful, wonderfulness that I see. It, it, it really is remarkable to me. Yeah, so that's, that's why I call it the good. Th- these people are extraordinary. And, and I, you know, every time you say, well, this person's an asshole or that person's an asshole, well, it gives me great faith in humanity. Because we will get through this. I mean, the world, we're never going to be the same. But because of the, the goodness in these good people, we're going to get through this. And it just sends a message that, you know, good, I, I do believe it. Good does triumph over evil. There's no question there is evil and, and horseshit out there. But I'm seeing so much good from so many people. It's just a remarkable, remarkable thing to see. And if some of you think, well, what the hell's Rusty here? Just on a soapbox playing violins? Now you're damn right. Because we're all miserable. Who the hell's happy out there? Our lives have been turned upside down. But too many of us Too many people out there think of themselves while all these people, the good, the nurses, the doctors, the EMTs. How about the people in the stores, in the grocery stores? There are so many wonderful stores. People delivering food to, to, to people who can't get out. It's just so many tremendous stories. Then there's the other stories, you know, like the cops and firemen, cops who are going to work every day, or a firefighter who goes to work every day. What the hell do you think their wives, their families, their children are feeling when daddy walks out the door, knowing he can be infected? Firefighters cost with young families. Are you kidding me? I mean, think about it. That's the good. How about people who drive buses and, and the train? I almost... I got sick to my stomach. What Just read it the other day. The MTA announced 50 between buses and trains... The MTA has lost 50 people. So how about all the other people at the MTA, MTA who are putting their lives on a line? You know, 5,000 people from the MTA are quarantined. 5,000! Believe me, I'm not just throwing the word good around. These this is the goodness that we're seeing in people. And their families, the goodness in their families, their, their, their spouses are going into work every day. And why are they going into work? To help and protect you and me. And make, make our lives easier. Some people need 
the subway and the buses. I mean, you got to me. It just takes a lot of courage to get on get on a, a, a subway when I when I see crowds. But that that's we'll get into that. But when I talk about the good folks, I'm talking about all those people, and that that gives me hope for the world that we live in because these people are truly good beyond good beyond beyond good but then there's the bad that we get from this and the bad is just the horror stories and and again for the last month i i just sat back listen i'm i'm sure you're like me we we get sick of watching it you know i got to hear this opinion on TV, I got that opinion on TV, uh, on, whether it's on the radio, TV, or in the newspapers. You know what I say about opinions? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Everybody has one. You know, or, or who's at blame? The bottom line is this far too many people are dying. Far too many people are dying, uh, and far too many already have died. I got friendly with somebody uh, from a funeral parlor out on Long Island. Uh, my mom let her rest in peace. Passed away a few years back. Got, you know, let her rest in peace. She was 92, so she had a good life, but... Um, very nice funeral director. I happened to get friendly with him. He happened to be a, a Giants fan, and, and he knew I was involved with the Giants, so we'd talk. And I just reached out to him the other night. Uh, just wanted to know, you know, what it was like for him. Absolutely exhausted. The despair in his voice was overwhelming to me. He said to me, Russ, I'm not mentioning a funeral home. He said, Russ, we had, in four days, we had 50, at least 50 funerals. 50! 5-0! He said, we're not equipped for this. No one's equipped for this. 5-0! And, and he said, and that was, I think he said that was from Sunday through Thursday, and he goes between Friday and then this coming Sunday, we're going to have another dozen or 15 of them. I mean, think about that. We're talking 65, 70 funerals in a week. That's the bad. I mean, that, that's the bad. When I say the bad, not bad people, but, you know, and, and these are, it, it's just terrible news. And, you know, those are some of the things. When I say bad, that people take for granted what these people are going through. And, and now these people, they have to do funerals, and they have to tell families. I'm not laughing here. They've got to tell families, well, it's, it can just be a handful of you. A handful. Like, I don't know what it's down to now. It's like just four or five or six or eight, whatever the hell it is. But, I mean... I mean there are no wakes. There's no nothing. It, it's, think about the stress. I mean, it's terrible. 
it, it's terrible and it's heartbreaking. It really is. But, but what aggravates me about so much of what is going on is, uh, is there light at the end of the tunnel? I believe there is. I haven't necessarily seen it yet. You know, at this very moment when I'm talking to you, uh, you know, I, 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 as always, folks, I record my podcast on Mondays. It comes out on Wednesdays. So I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think a lot's going to change between me talking now and when you hear this for the first time. But, um, you know, I believe there is light at the end of the tunnel. I, you know, is the curve flattening as everybody's been talking about? Hopefully, yes. We're still seeing far too many deaths, but there are less people being admitted and uh, into the hospital, and it seems that there are more people being moved out of the hospital. So those are good signs. But what's really, really bad and ugly is the blame game that's going on. And it, it is absolutely sickening to me. First of all, I'm fed up with the constant comparing to this and 9-11. I mean, 9-11 was a horror that none of us will ever forget. None of us will ever forget where we were and what we were doing. And, and you know, but, but I'm hearing people say, well, at 9-11, we were able to do this. and we Different thing. And I've gotten into discussions with people, and I go, don't, don't tell me, well, we were able to do this after 9-11. Well, I'll tell you what, what you were also able to do after 9-11. You were still able to go into a restaurant. You were still able to go do this. You were still able to go shopping. You were still able to play ball. You were still able to play basketball. You were still able to go to the theater. I'm not comparing worse and worser, but stop with the comparison. This is not Misery Loves Company. And the politicizing of this is absolutely disgraceful. Every freaking politician who who politicizes this ought to be ashamed of themselves. And I'm talking all parties. Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, left, right, all parties. But I will, if I'm going to be fair going to tell her like it is no bullshit shame on the left and the democrats look, look let me tell you something i did not vote for donald trump i don't consider myself a trumpster okay but you would think donald trump was in a laboratory and he cooked up the coronavirus the nonsensical crap that is being said and written about him is disgraceful. Do you honestly think, I mean, this is just, talk about being at the wrong place at the wrong time. No other, I don't care who was president, Obama, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Baines Johnson, Richard, I don't give a shit who was in office. Nobody would have, there was nobody preparing for this. But because the hate for Trump exists, 
people are jumping on this, it's got to be his fault. I, I was reading th- this past week the Sunday Times, or yesterday's Sunday Times. They did a whole thing on everything that, you know, this is on Trump, that's on Trump. Let me tell you something. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, I don't need to explain who he is. Dr. Fauci, I mean, to me, he's like the, America's doctor right now. I love the guy. I, I think he's terrific. I, I think he, he's a tremendous scientist. Uh, I think he, he speaks well. I think he gives us good advice. I think he supplies leadership. But you want to know what? Dr. Fauci got some things wrong at the beginning. I, 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 Bernie and Sid has played it. Um, sound bites. Yeah, other people have played it. Well, I don't know how many other people. I know Bernie and Sid have played it. I know Dr. Fauci was on with the new owner of our radio station, WABC, John Katsimatidis, back in, in January. January, saying, no, we, we really, we're not, not at high risk. We don't have a whole lot to worry about. You know what, folks? Things change. But n- nobody's talking about Dr. Fauci as about being a bum and being stupid. Nor should they. Shame on anybody who does. But everybody wants to bury Trump over this. Yeah, I'm sorry. You don't like the guy? God bless. You don't want to vote for the guy? God bless. That's your God-given right as an American. So be it. But be honest. And, and, and I gotta hear shit. I mean, from Pelosi and Schumer, and you, you know when when bills are trying to get through, they're trying to to uh, when more money is trying to be earmarked from three hundred and fifty billion to, to six hundred billion. Well, no, we have to get uh, money earmarked for this cause or for that. What are we talking about for, for this rights or women's rights or or, or the under? This is about the here and now. This country is, is in, a, in a shambles right now. Unemployment is off the charts. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. It's going to affect all of us. This is what I'm talking about, the ugly. We all should be on the same team. We all should be fighting together. We all should be showing the good that we see from the nurses, the doctors, and the EMTs, and the guys in the grocery store, and the people helping out and busting their ass and making deliveries. That's what we should be doing. But it's, it's the nurses and the doctors and the EMTs and all those people on the front lines. They're supplying the leadership. The politicians are supplying bullshit. And you know what we, we, we you know I, I hear I hear this nonsense a lot. Blind faith. Blind faith. Left like leftists like like to throw that out at, you know, um people who follow be it Trump or Republicans, there's blind faith. You know what you know what the left and the Democrats suffer from? Blind hatred. Blind hatred. They just hate for the sake of hating. You could be 
laying by the pool. Donald Trump could be laying by the pool at noon at Mar-a-Lago. He could be laying by the pool at noon, and the left would say, no, it's midnight. That's how stupid and ugly this has become. I mean, it, it's, it's disgraceful. And more important, every, God, every, every freaking time you turn on something, it's like, okay, we have an issue here. Let's fix the issue. Not who's to blame. Not who's to blame. Who, nobody did this on purpose. There's no, to me, there's nobody at fault here. Don't tell me that we would have been in great shape if, you know, everybody's slamming Trump. He's the guy who cut out restrictions of people coming in from China. What, did he not? I don't hear anybody talking about that. But that's an old story as it is. But, you know, in one of my blogs uh, on my website, I, I spoke about this. I tweeted it out as well. If you watch, give you an example. Watch Face the Nation on Channel 2 on CBS and watch Meet the Press on NBC on Sunday mornings. They're both on at the same time. Margaret, Margaret Brennan is the host for Face the Nation. I couldn't tell you if she was a Repu Republican or a Democrat or a conservative or a liberal. Margaret Brennan asks questions to get answers. As a job, as a journalist, that's her job. Her counterpart at Meet the Press, Chuck Todd, ask questions not looking for answers but looking to enhance an agenda every time you turn it on it's like then, then, who's to blame and basically it's always it's trying to lead into somebody to say that Trump's to blame and, and folks I'm not here as an apologist or, or even defending Trump, I'm just sick of the bullshit coming from the other side. To me, no one's at fault for this. No one is at fault. It's a terrible, awful situation. Our lives have been ripped apart. People have lost loved ones. People have already lost jobs. People have lost incomes. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. If you recall, the last podcast I did, I, I told you earlier in this, I had done 107 in a row. But the last podcast that, that I did, I said, as bad as this and as contagious as this virus is, I says, you know what's more? I said, you know what's more contagious than the virus? Anxiety. 
It makes people crazy. And that's what has happened right now. And, and the way some of it is being reported, and that's the ugliness of this, it's making people crazy. You can't turn on. I, I mean, I'm watching every time I turn on the news. Hey, well, let's check and see how many people died today. Oh, no, there was another 700 today. We're going to have another 700 tomorrow. And I mean, and I have to see this stupid, uh, you know, it looks like a ball with fuzzy sticking out of it, what the virus is supposed to be. I mean, how much of that do I have to see all the time? And, and these anchors, they talk about, oh, yeah, well, we've got this many died today. I remember, you know, for years and years and years, and many of you who hopefully are my fans listening to this, remember me doing the Jerry Lewis telethon, the Labor Day telethon for years. Uh, Jerry used to be in Vegas, and I used to host it with Tony Orlando here in New York. And I remember, oh, we'd go to, let's go to the toll board and see how much is here. You know, and it, it was an uplifting thing. I look at these anchors, they go to this, to how many people die, like it's a freaking tote board. It, it's, it's, they're hammering you over the head with it. There's so many good stories about these good people, and it's just the negative, negative. I, I mean, I mean, we, listen. This is a horror of all horrors. None of us will ever forget this. I got three little grandsons. It's killing me that I can't see them. It's killing me. So we do drive-bys. My wife and I went... Uh, my, I have two daughters. One has two boys. The other one has uh, one boy. So we went to one of the houses... Uh, they don't live far from us, so we're spoiled. I, you know, I have my family near me. The three boys, five, four, and two. Miles, Max, and Jones, five, four, and two. They were up on the deck on the second floor, and we were down stairs, sitting in chairs, talking to them from a distance. Well, at least I, at least I can see them and talk to them. There's some some there are some grandpas and grandmas who ain't never going to get a chance to talk to to their kids again or grandkids because they're gone. I'm sick of the blame. I'm sick of the, you know everything is a horror. We know it's a horror. You don't have to tell me what's going on. You you don't have to tell me it's bad. Every day, I know it's bad. You know, I'm I'm not telling you to give me whoop de doo and let's be happy, ha ha ha, and dance around. But I mean, you just everything is a negative spin. It's ugly, and it starts with the politicians. You don't want Trump in office. That's your business. But damn it, don't use this. Don't use this to get somebody out of office because that's lower than low.
People are dying. People have died. More will die before this is over. Again, economy. You know, nobody was giving a shit about what Donald Trump did for the economy when it was good. Now that there's a problem with the economy, now it's all his fault. Uh, the, the hypocrisy here has no bounds. That's the ugliness that I'm talking about. I'm just so disgusted with it. I really am. And that's what I, when I say blind hatred, so many people on the Democratic and left side suffer from blind hatred. They just hate for the sake of hating. It's terrible. A couple of other things. I, you know, um, to me, Andrew Cuomo has stood extremely tall through all of this. Not perfect, but extremely tall. Uh, I mean, uh, in great leadership. But the one thing I got to knock him about, the same thing, well, the, 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 while Andrew has stood tall, de Blasio, you know, I, as you know, I call him Dumbo or Dishonorable de Blasio, uh, he's he's not only the worst mayor of New, uh, New York has ever seen, he's the worst politician I have ever seen. But these two guys can't even get together on announcements. Put your bullshit aside, guys. Put your bullshit aside for the people. I got one guy saying schools are closed. The other guy saying they're not closed. He can't say this. He can't say that. But be, but what, what are we talking about here? Grow up. Will you please? Grow up. You know, I mentioned, like, you know, that there were 50 bus and subway workers dead from the coronavirus. Was another 5,000 are in quarantine? I mean, I think... I think the governor and, and, and I don't want to say the mayor because he's a horse's ass, de Blasio, but the two men ought to get together. You, you know, what about, what about the transportation system? I mean, it is a Petri dish. Now, I, I'm not suggesting you've got to shut it down because a lot of those people, a lot of the people working on the front lines need that to get to work. But you guys got to sit and talk and put your differences aside. That's what I'm, another part of the ugliness. Again, a lot of this shit falls under the umbrella of blind hatred. And finally, I want to get to the business of sports. Look, I, 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 listen, I've made my living in sports. It's afforded me a pretty good life. It's afforded me a pretty good way to give my family, my kids, my, my, my grandkids a nice life. So sports has been very important to me from the time I, I was growing up to where I am today. But it's, it's hard for me to get into it right now. There are too many other things that I'm worried about. But when I hear that baseball is thinking of coming back, and then, and then some of these cockamamie ideas, where you know we're all going to be in, in Arizona, sequestered off, or uh, uh, you know maybe we'll have an electronic uh, strike zone, 
or will they can't be certain. And again, maybe that was just leaked when it shouldn't have been, uh, or people were floating it out. Uh, pitchers and uh, catchers and pitching coaches couldn't go out to the mound for visits. Uh, well, you know, to me, and then they're going to play seven inning double headers. And part of the logic was seven-inning doubleheaders, yeah, because we're going to try and get in the full 162-game schedule. You know what? Who gives a shit about 162 games? I don't care if you come back and, and play, so come back and play 80 games. As far as I'm concerned, the sports in 2020 has become a wash. You want to put asterisk next to it, whatever the hell you want to do. It, it's not the same. We're, and we're not going to look at it at the same. Sure, do we miss it as entertainment? Sure. But if you're going to bring baseball back, bring baseball back when it should be back. I, I don't need it to come back in May if it's going to be half ass. Instead of it being a six-month season, make it a three-month season. Make it July, August, and September. If you want to give us entertainment, then that, that's what it is. But, I, I mean, are people really good? I mean, do you really care? I don't care if your team was in first place in the NBA or, or the NHL when this happened. I'm sorry. It's just not the same. There's too many things to worry about now. To worry about our families and our jobs. I mean, I'm thankful that my family wasn't hit by that. I got two son-in-laws. You know, they're both working. It's great. My daughters are taking care of the kids. You know, I'm grateful for that. But listen, I work for the Giants. I do shows for the Giants. I do post-game shows for Channel 5, for Fox, for the Giants. I do a call-in shows for the Giants. And, and I'm hopeful that the football season comes back. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you today that, oh, I I'm at the edge of my seat waiting for the NFL draft next week. It's just not the same. I don't think it's, it's the same for the NFL team owners and coaches and general managers. All our lives are affected. Let's put our priorities in the right place. As I said to open this, I've been able to sit back for this past month and observe the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's stop with the ugly, okay? Let, let, let's stop with the ugly. The bad, well, let's try and minimize the bad. Let's hope that the bad gets minimized. When I say the bad, the death, the, 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 the jobs, the unemployment. And let's, let's concentrate on the good all the goodness that has come out of this. 
because there is a lot of good. And we're going to need that good feeling when this is over. Because let me tell you, there are going to be a lot of people walking around lost when this is over. A lot of people are going to be mentally destroyed, battered, battered, not knowing how they're going to recover, not knowing economically how they're going to deal with this. People are depressed. and There were people depressed before this. It's going to be worse. So we're going to need the good. Let's applaud the good. Let's concentrate on the good and try and do away with the bad and the ugly. How about that? Anyway, folks, listen, it's a wrap here. I want to thank you all for getting a load of this. Uh, it, it, it's, it's been too long. I've been away for a month. I love talking with you people. So um, now, you know, like I said, I want to thank you all for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. Let me know how you feel about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. On Facebook, you can also check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks, as always, to the big man who I've missed for the past month, Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano. My thanks to 77 WABC Program Director Dave Labrosi, to his outstanding assistant program director, Matt Dahl. And last, but certainly not least, a great big thank you to all of you people out there, because without you people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So I'm back, but until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.